Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have best-selling author Hans Wilhelm, and Hans and I had a conversation about reincarnation, the fabric of the universe, why we incarnate, and how to make this your last incarnation on Earth. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show Hans Wilhelm. How are you doing, Hans? Oh, very well. Thank you, Alex. Delighted to be here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to talk to you. I've been looking forward to this conversation for the for a few weeks ever since we booked it because it's a. Uh, I love the work that you're doing. I love the the straightforwardness of your answers to these deep, deep questions about life and and where we're at. Um, but my very first question to you is, my friend, how did you start your spiritual journey, or when did you start your spiritual your spiritual journey? Oh, I think I started very young uh, when I was in Germany, grew up, and I didn't believe what was taught in the churches. Somehow they never answered the question, where do we come from, why we're here, and where we are going. Mm -hmm. So I kept on searching, and then thanks to the Beatles, I discovered Maharishi and the TM thing, <laughs> which I no longer do, but it did help me a lot because it gave me a lot of courage, self um, yeah, self-respect and so on and so on. Then I left for Africa, and there I learned Edgar Cayce, and so on, then later came to America, and lots of other spiritual paths. And then oh, it's a great fortune to work together with uh, Byron Katie and uh, Dr. Kubler-Ross and so on. So it's a long venture and I studied many, many different paths. And for the last uh, 40 years or so, I've been mainly linked to some deeply mystical Christian spiritual paths from where most of the information that I share in my videos are coming from. So that's basically in a nutshell. So I've always been looking for it. I always wanted to see, understand the bigger, bigger picture. That was my important things. Why are we here, et cetera, and where we are going to. That was most important for me to know. And it's really interesting to illustrate what you kind of want to point a little bit about what you just said is that you you tried a buffet of different paths to the truth. And that's something that some people need to listen to because it's not just like you find it and like, oh, this is it. This is the only thing I need to, I found it. Some people are lucky that way, but I think you become more well-rounded when you start to study multiple traditions and to start looking for the common denominators to really sink in the truth. Do you agree? I fully agree. You have to find out what resonates with you. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of stuff which I believed even on this path later, I changed my mind on it. But at that time, I had to believe, understand that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be ready for the next step. So there are a lot of mm -hmm. stuff which I no longer really would say this is what I believe. because. At, but at the time, 10, 20 years, 50 years ago, I believed it very strongly. But it has changed. And that is fine. That is a, the normal, gradual way of awakening, reawakening. Mm 
I don't think we learn anything new. All we are doing is reawaken, <clears throat> reawaken what we know deep down in us. And there may be some detours necessary, but basically the more we search, the more we will find out what is it truly, who we are and why we are here. And the concept of remembering as opposed to being taught is such a powerful one because <clears throat> uh, as I keep speaking to, to mystics and, and spiritual masters like yourself, I keep understanding more and more that we do remember more than we are taught things. And that's why when the concept of reincarnation was first brought into my existence, I said, oh, that makes sense. It was a remembering of like, that makes much more sense than this other stuff that I've been learning in the Catholic church for the last you know 20 years. I'm like, this makes more sense to me because it rings true to me. So it's that remembering that's extremely powerful. And so in other words, the cup is not empty and needs to be full. The cup has been full since you were born. You just have to open up the key to get access to it. And that you do by evolving and awakening more and more, correct? That's very true. And I had the very same um, response as you had when I first time came in contact with the Edgar Casey material, who spoke about, of course, reincarnation, that God and that Christ taught reincarnation. I had to say, oh, my God, now everything makes sense. Suddenly, I know why somebody got sick, rich, poor, and so on. And it was just a revelation, as you say, that was a reawakening of what I had known deep down in myself for a long time, but nobody taught me before. And isn't it interesting that it just, it, it, at least when I mean, coming from the same perspective as both you and I did, that you only had the one life. And you only, you know, if you happen to be born rich, lucky you. If you happen to be born good looking, lucky you. But if you were born, you know, without a leg, that's eh, bad luck. But that's all you have. Yeah. That yeah. never made sense to me. I was like, man, that's pretty crappy universal odds. <laughs> yeah. And then speaking that God is love and then allows things like this makes no sense. You cannot in one way speak of a loving God and then think that the one lifetime only people have it sometimes very bad and others have it very good. That doesn't make sense. But the churches unfortunately had to teach it because, as you know, reincarnation was taken out forcefully in the, I think, sixth century by an emperor, not even by a pope. And therefore, all the other uh, Christian uh, denominations, uh, which later broke off from the Catholic Church, never changed that and never corrected it. So they all picked up the same idea that, uh, that reincarnation is not true. It's not in the Christian teaching, but it was. Christ taught reincarnation. We do have enough evidence for that one. And um, unfortunately, it's just no longer taught in the organized religion. So for people who are listening to this for the first time, this concept of reincarnation, why do we reincarnate? Because we are such fools. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're just we just want a beating. We just want to continue to be beaten. <laughs> well, there are many many reasons why a soul re reincarnates. Of course, one thing can be really to re-enjoy the physical life, because in the spiritual life we don't have physical body, and certain things like sex and other pleasures are difficult to really fulfill up there. These are sort of people who come back here for that, for this pleasure. Others come here to help other souls to really grow and, and, and insist them. Others come here to actually explore this, this universe and this life here. But the majority of people in, our, in this lifetime, my, my understanding is come here to clear up our old messed up karma. That is our main reason. We come here for an average of only less than 800,000 hours each time, which is extremely short. Consider that we are eternal beings. Mm -hmm. um, and in these very short times, we are entering what I call the school, of uh, the earth school. 
and we are here to undo our karma because when we look at our life, whatever we experience our life from morning till evening is nothing but a rewinding of our film, of our life film, which means anything that we have done in the past or thought in the past, hurt other people or spoke to comes back to us. Everything comes back to us in small portions. We call it the day's energy so that we now have the opportunity to clear it up. So therefore, now I suddenly get sick. Now suddenly cuts me off in the traffic. Now suddenly I get this awful email. Suddenly this and things happens. These are all elements that we have once sown, which are coming back from the causal computer. This is where our karma is stored, coming back to us right now so that we can clear it up. The main purpose here in life is not to become smarter, wiser, and so on, but basically to clear up all our karma, which holds us back to this life, to this vibration, this earth, earth uh, or world vibration. So we have to free ourselves. So every day is carefully orchestrated by ourselves, for ourselves, for the pure and sole purpose of freedom. So the concept of being down here to be become wiser or or more sage-like depends on the soul and its blueprint that it's laid out for itself. Some people do walk that path to become yogis or masters, spiritual masters in their lifetime. Others come down here to like, man, I did a lot of bad in the last Last go around. I gotta, I gotta give a lot of good in this one to clear that up. It all is relative to where that soul is in its evolution. And I love what you said about the vibration because it's something that's so, so core to everything we're talking about is to raise our vibration higher to actually come back to source. Where something like hate and anger is a very low, dense, slow vibration. Where love is extremely high. Forgiveness. Uh, being service to others. These are high vibrational energies getting you closer and closer to God or the source energy, correct? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's in our hand. The only thing we have to do here is to love nothing else right. and when we do the love we just we learn to forgive we left we have no uh, resentment we clear up anything that comes here and we conquer it with love it sounds so simplistic it isn't easy but it is it's love is all that which matters and through love we set ourselves free and not only ourselves but everybody else around us whom we have hurt or who have hurt us so the freedom is all around because freedom is the main goal for me and uh, for i think for all of us and love is the key. And we can do this through forgiveness, feeling remorse and uh, repentance, which I think is very important. And uh, of course, no longer doing the negative, uh, unloving behavior, thinking, speaking, acting. So as the Beatles say, all you need is love. It is so simple. It sounds so <laughs> trite, so awful. And yet the more books you study and everything in the end, this is it. There's only one rule, and that is love, and there is nothing else. We it's, make a lot of words and a lot of texts and a lot of movies and a lot of books are written and so on, but it always comes back to that, it says. And basically it says, do that what you are. We are love. And by becoming and doing love, we are totally ourselves. And then we are also, as you said earlier, go into a higher vibration and return back to source energy, which is pure love. Isn't it fascinating that the... The, we tend to complicate things down here uh, a lot. It's, oh, it's, ego it's, does it. 
yes, it's a specialty of ours here, the ego, uh, is to complicate things. But at the end of the day, you are absolutely right. And again, again, from the perspective that I'm sitting in this chair from talking to so many people from so many different walks of life, all talking about similar concepts, the simplest conversation or the simplest ideas are the most powerful. And if you look back to Christ, Yogananda, Buddha, these ideas that they put out into the world were simple, basic yeah. ideas. Do unto others as you would like to do unto you. Simple, basic, not five paragraphs or six pages or a book or two about, well, you know, if you do this, no, 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 just simple, correct? Absolutely. My teacher always said, God is ingenious simplicity. And I found this very powerful because whenever we usually make so much about it, we are in our intellect. We are using a lot of intellectual stuff which we have picked up and then we make it complicated and then we get exhausted. But if we go within ourselves, calm our mind and so on, go within because the kingdom of God is in us. We don't have to go anywhere far out. It's all there. We have everything. That's where the stillness is, where the quietness is. And that's where the simplicity is. The intelligence is simplicity. The intellect is complication. And it's really interesting too, going back a little bit to what we were saying in regards to our our origin stories, if you will, with the with the Catholic Church. Uh, I always found it so interesting that you could have a, a a God that loved you, but yet was so angry. And and to be honest with you, in the Old Testament, fairly egotistical. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like if you don't bow down to me, you will be, you know, you will be this or that or the, or hell. God forbid. Let's talk about hell. All of these concepts, it didn't make any sense to me. And, as, and, and when you become a parent, you understand that this makes no sense. There's nothing our children would do that we would damn them to ever everlasting damnation. And so if I can't do it, how could our our creator do that? It just didn't make sense to me. And they're talking one side of the one side of their mouth is saying, love, love, love is all you need. And they're like, but if you don't do this, eternal damnation. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what I realized very soon. This does not work for me. You're absolutely right. Yeah, this doesn't work. I mean, the, the old the old writers of the Bible and so on, the, the only model they had was where the pharaohs. And the pharaohs were, of course, very egoistic, personal, power-hungry, vengeful kind of creatures. And that is, so the Old Testament uh, God is very much sketched on a way how a pharaoh was at the time. So we have got this very human kind of uh, flawless, faulty human being uh, and projected that on that God. And what Christ to put it, uh, tried to put it right, says God is love and God is in us. And he put it uh, right, but there was still so many stuffs in the organized religion, which uh, they changed so much. And as Jerome who put this whole Bible together, he said, if ever people find out, won't there be, uh, I'm a forger, I am a liar by putting all these contradicting texts together. It's very difficult because all, to put all these various texts from which the Bible is now made up, uh, together and find something consensual which agrees uh, on everything and it isn't it they're all full of contradiction left right and center and our organized churches uh, of course use all these different little little things which suit them and other things which don't suit them so that's why stay within yourself the church is in you god is in you you don't have to go join any organization 
You don't have to go to any kind of priest, rabbi or whatever, unless you really feel, and that's where you find some comfort sure. and so on. There's nothing wrong to if to go that if that is somebody, if you are in a difficult situation, you have no one else to go, you may want to go to somebody. It's possible, yeah. Everybody has a purpose. But the idea is to be free also from these world man-made kind of uh, restrictions, which we find in the religion. Right. And and I love the idea of what you said is like, you know, this, these are egotistical things that we apply to our, our, our gods. I mean, you could just look at the Greeks. I mean, the entire mythology of, of Greek gods, which were religion for them at the time, was all human frailties. The pharaohs mm -hmm. did the same thing with uh, with the Egyptian gods. I mean, all these gods all had these kind of human frailties because that's all we can conceive. The concept mm -hmm. that, oh, it's all love. That's, that's all it is. And, oh, by the way, if you want to connect to God, it's inside of you. What? <laughs> can you imagine? What? I can't make money that way. <laughs> you point the finger on the true I, I mean how can i put golden walls around my castle if yeah. i if everything's within you and you don't have to come to me for that like you just as the, as the old saying says just follow the money <laughs> yes yes unfortunately yeah and my, i mean it's, it's it's true it's like follow the money a lot of times it's just like oh well, I have to do this in order to do that now. You don't. <laughs> there are all these rituals as well, which connected what, what, what the religions have, organized religions. The rituals are binding us as well. Mm -hmm. It may sound very wonderful and ethereal, but basically they're all binding kind of things to, to worldly kinds of things. And also the 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 history, the um, uh, what's the word, uh, stick the old programs and so on. And, yes. um, it's all holding us back. We are not living in the here and now if we cling too much to the old kind of history of either a tribe, a religion or whatever. So we are here happening right now. Now let's be in the here and now. And the guidance, what we have to do comes right now. Now, let me ask, this is a question I get asked all the time. Why would you choose to incarnate into a sickly body, a, a damaged body, a body that is going to be part of an abusive family or thrown into an abusive, you know, religion or community that kind of just pounds you and pounds you. And pounds. like, why would you choose that? Like, that's hard to the, for the ego, egoic mind here to understand, to choose to go through a fire. But I'd love to hear what you think. Well, I think um, you are a father, a parent. Um, if one of your children is very, very sick, really sick, and maybe die, maybe you want to say, oh, God, rather take me, but don't take my child. You will, as a father, you have this loving feeling for that child. Mm -hmm. Now, there are souls on the other side who see that their soul who are they close to have fallen very deeply and have created enormous karma. They take sometimes on the karma of another person. We can do that and incarnate on their behalf, so that they can that the other person soul can proceed faster in the purification spheres. There are a lot of souls who have incarnated in extremely unfortunate situation, handicapped situation mostly, who are not actually the souls who have created the karma, who have but taken on the karma of another soul who is so low on energy could not even incarnate anymore. So this is one thing. I mean, this is only one person. That's why we should never look at a person who says, oh, he must have had a bad karma. No, it's never ever should be. Anyway, it's not our business. <clears throat> 
to speculate why anybody has whatever misfortune. But this is one uh, important point to really stop us to ever think about why a person who is handicapped or very disfortunate or is raped or whatever, why does he or she go through that? But of course, there is a lot of negativity that we accumulate or can have accumulated in past lifetimes. We can have been murderers, rapists, killers, sadists like hell. We have done some of a thousand lifetimes. I mean, this is enormous. In those lifetimes and in the Middle Ages, as you probably may imagine, it, is, it was a rough life. It's not like um, USA at the moment here. We have got a little bit of problem, but compared to the Middle Ages, oh. you couldn't even go from one village to the other without being robbed. Or killed. So, or or killed, yeah. <laughs> all right. And we may easily have been one of those. So this is, is all karma that has accumulated. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So the hunting says, I will go through this. It's only 800,000 hours. I will go through this. I will endure it. I will... Uh, experience what I've given to others as a handicapped person, as a raped person, whatever it is. Because a raped child is not a young soul. It's an ancient soul and may have gone through a lot of past lives as well. So as horrible as these acts are, and they do have consequences to the person who does give the harm, like the rapist and so on, that's a karmic consequence. But for the person to incarnate and experience the horror of war, the horror of rape, of torture, of genocide, is something that the soul knew about prior incarnation. It's difficult for us to comprehend that, but we do have, well, I, in, my, in my videos, I show that something like a screen where we see our future life like a riverbed. And there are certain rapids, there are certain kind of problems on the riverbed, there are maybe some rocks, difficulties, and we see that. And these are life situations which we may most likely encounter, not 100%, because we have always the free will to change it. But these are difficult, our difficult in-laws, our the problem with the illness of our child, etc., very difficult, is, is something, whatever happens in our life. We look at this and we wholeheartedly agree to it. Nobody is here against their will. It says, yes, I will do this. I will experience it. And then I will be done with it. It's basically like paying off a debt. For instance, you own half a million dollar to somebody and it burdens you because you struggle to pay it off. You just don't make enough money. And somebody says, well, would you be ready? Maybe work for me for one week, very hard, 24 hours, and all your debts are gone. It says, yes, I will do that. And the very short period here, makes it so attractive because in the real, in the spiritual realm we don't have the physical body and everything takes much much longer the concept of time is different than we have here so not only do we experience it in a, the same karma in in a much longer time but we also don't have the physical body and the physical body is very helpful because it's like a buffer we can do something if pain comes to us in some way we can take medicine we can we can heal it we do not have that buffer in the spiritual world so we will immediately feel the karma that is coming back to us so it is a gift that's why coming to earth is a gift for everybody it's a blessing and it is such an incredible gift that we can see it right now that we have got this enormous increase on population here on this earth i mean it just skyrocketed over the last hundred years from two billion to what is now eight billion it's incredible and the reason is quite simple. A lot of souls and the purifications, yes, and there are billion, 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 billion more up there, have decided the earth is going to a very difficult time now. 
this is my opportunity to clear up all the mess that I have done in a very short time. And then line up to any possible um, uh, uh, possibility to incarnate here, to any baby which, which gets born. There are more souls want to incarnate than we have babies here because of, uh, of uh, abortion, of, uh, of birth prevention. Mm -hmm. uh, and therefore, a lot of these souls who want to come here have to de decide to incarnate in third world countries, which is not normally their vibration. They're usually higher evolved, but just to be in this coming, let's say 50, 100 years here on earth, uh, which the earth will go through a lot of difficult times. That is the reason why they come. And that is the reason for our high population. The souls are so desperate to come here. Now, I know a lot of your viewers may be so upset with their life and says, oh, I hate it here, I want to get out. And it's so on. I'd rather commit suicide and stay a day longer. But let us be aware it is such a gift to be here on earth. It is such a blessing. And billions of souls are trying hard to come into this earth school. This is Yale. This is Harvard. This is one of the best schools we can have. It's very tough. Like any kind of Ivy League school, it is a tough school for anybody. But once we agree to it, let's stick, let's stick with it. Let's go through it. We are not alone here. We have our guardian uh, spirit who is helping us every minute. Who is uh, We have got Christ in us. If you believe in Christ or the cry force, is there any way, even if you don't believe in it? And then you have got God and you have got the whole divine world assisting us, helping us, being and encouraging us to go through this successfully and make this life a successful life. We are not alone here. That's very important. We are never, ever alone, even if it appears that way. And I've had the ability to talk to a lot of people who've had near-death experiences. And the one concept that I hear in those near-death experiences, which is appropriate to talk about in this as what we were talking about, is the life review. Is yeah. to be able to see their lives and not only see it, but feel what they felt and what the other person felt, which is really a really interesting idea that you feel all the pain and suffering you caused others throughout life. Something as simple as cutting someone off to something much more uh, more extreme and that we feel that. And from my understanding, from my studies is that you are right. No one's here against their will. Um, if you have karma, you could choose to reincarnate and deal with it but you cannot move forward until you deal with it. So, and on the other side, you were like, no, no, I really want to go down there and take care of this. Cause on the other side, it's not looked upon. It's looked upon as a workout, as a, as a school lesson, as opposed to what we see it as like this heavy burden of, Oh my God, I got to carry all this weight. We're there. They're like, no, no, no. Give me the more weight, the more weight I can get. I can get through this faster. I can evolve faster. But that is the point of this whole thing is to evolve that vibration higher and higher. So can you explain what ascended masters are, what what walking masters on the because there are walking masters on the earth today. What are they doing differently than the rest of us are? And and how do we get there? <laughs> I'm hesitant on this one because I have not really met a walking master i have met people of high evolved vibrations mm -hmm. and who are actually living the law of love and expressing it um anybody who calls himself master is i'm sort of uh, i'm a bit uh, 
careful hesitant. with this one hesitant yeah because i think i would not do this we are on such a low level here on earth uh, to anybody for to be a master i don't know i i think i will uh, uh, avoid this answer i personally do not believe this is really there are uh, many masters here there are people who express the law of love and teach it well and be an example like Christ was is definitely a master, mm -hmm. um, but I don't have enough experience myself to say about that. And what happens on the other higher left? What we have on the, oops, what we have on the other side is there are the teaching angels. These teaching angels are coming from the highest absolute reality and come down in this purification spheres in the spiritual purification spheres and teach souls to move on. They themselves have not necessarily incarnated onto planet earth but they're teaching spirits and they are really helping the soul to move on and i think what you mentioned earlier about the life review there's one important aspect i think we tend to forget it says why do we do this it's not just to undo our karma because for that it's too short mm -hmm. but what it does it imprints something in our soul like for instance if i have hurt somebody because i said something wrong or whatever um, it is the, it is this hurtful I feel now back in me very strongly. It is partly to feel remorse about it, but also to store it in my soul. So that's why that's we call that is our that develops our conscience. So when we incarnate again the next time, our conscience will remind us, don't say this again. You have done it before and it just didn't work out well. So don't do this act again. So this is where our conscience basically comes from, from the life review where we have seen the negativity in past lives. And this is stored in ourselves as part of our conscience. Of course, the conscience is bigger than that. It also learns during the through our lifetime but this is one of the important point of how we suddenly remember or how our inner voice says oh don't do this don't go this way there is this inner voice in us it's our conscience and we have done a similar mistake most likely in the past and it didn't work out well so it's kind of like a spiritual dna almost uh, yeah you can say that yeah it's kind, yeah, kind yeah. of like it's stuck, it's stuck yeah. with you it's it's part it's, of you yeah 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 <laughs> Well, let me ask you. You mentioned uh, the Beatles and Maharashi. Did were you? Did you meet Maharashi? No, no, I didn't go so far. No, I just, uh, I just uh, took the classes, and I did, and it really helped me a lot. I must say, it was amazing. I suddenly learned to really keep my monkey brain a bit calmer and calm down, yeah. and the self confidence I got out of this was just amazing. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. But as I said, I no longer do it. I have my own meditations. You, anybody who wants to see them and also a, a video on how to meditate, I have that on my channel. And I also have guided meditations, which are slightly different. But it was a very powerful and a necessary step on my evolution here. Right. And it's not about what kind of meditation is that you meditate, whatever one you know, works with you the best is the, is the concept, you know, you don't need to go to TM or you don't have to go, whatever happens to work for you. The concept, right. the thing is that you should be meditating. And I think I want to just, just kind of dig into what you just said there for a second, because it's an important point is that you said that after you started to meditate, you got amazing self-confidence. Would you agree that you got that self-confidence because you started to connect more with your higher self and you started to remember more who you are than who you, the fear started to go away a little bit more and you started to become a little bit more aware of who you truly are. When you, when you start to quiet down all that noise, you're like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm a soul. 
oh, this, I mean, th that's kind of where I've gone. Cause ever since I've meditated, I've become much more calm, confident, you know, things that used to bother me don't bother me as much anymore. Things like that. I mean, before someone cut me off, I was the guy chasing you down with the middle fingers and, and honking the horn. I'm like, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, <laughs> when I was a young man. Um, but that doesn't bother me. Now I'm like, what is wrong? What's happening with that poor soul that he had to feel that he had to do that? I feel bad for him. I have empathy for that. So that's how I generally work it. I'm not 100%. Let's just call it. But <laughs> but I, I'm much better than where I was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I must be honest, with the uh, transcendental meditation, I think I just learned to calm my mind, which was quite sufficient. I don't think I went to a much soul business at that time. It was just really an incredible technique that I was that I, I was in, suddenly in control. I don't have to think every thought. I can control. have the, the TM any minute. And that, that gave me a lot of confidence. It wasn't so much at that time to explore my soul. That came much later that I did meditations and I, I also created the inner dialogue with divinity. That all happened much, much later, but not that wasn't my first step. Now, with a lot of the concepts we're talking about, I'd love to know where the source of a lot of this information comes from. Where, where have you been studying the deepest and what has resonated with you to, to bring this kind of work out into the world. Like there's so many, a lot of these concepts are in hundreds, if not thousands of different teachings around, around history. What is it, where did you find these teachings and how did, and, and how are they coming out of you? Well, as I said, I've done, done many popular paths uh, in the past. Uh, a lot of that I use as well. And uh, I had the great honor and pleasure in meeting a lot of people uh, on the spiritual teaching path. But for the last 40 years and so on, <clears throat> most of the information that I share in my video comes from Germany, from a woman, Gabriele, called herself a, a, mystery, a mystery of light. Mm -hmm. But she is, you won't find her on the internet. She does not want any promotion, any self-promotion uh, or whatever it is. She says, it's only between you and God. There's no one else. There's no organization. There's nothing. But there are only these, there are all these revelations. These are the books. And you see them in the back here, the blue books. These are over time. It's a huge. It's a huge. Uh, the Sophia Library has got all her revelations uh, there, and she channels from the absolute reality. And um, the material that I read there for the first time were just mind-boggling for me. I couldn't believe uh, the depth, the clarity. See, when you you remember Edgar Casey, it's not easy to read. It's very no. difficult. He's, <laughs> you know. he's not an easy read, my friend. No, he's yeah, not. Yeah, or Rudolf Steiner and so on. They're all wild uh, but you read them and you have to read the sentence three times. Now suddenly it comes in a language very clear, no misinterpretation possible. And also on a depth which I've never understood. And I try to put this to understand it myself. Because I'm a writer and illustrator, I did make these illustrations in, in my videos because it helps me. I do these videos for myself, Alex. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I, I, when I do something physically like this, draw things out and see how the dots connect so mm -hmm. perfectly, that just has a major impact onto me. And I share this gladly with others. If it works for others, it's great. I have zero interest to convince anybody about whatever I share in my videos to believe it or have to believe it. This is my own discovery, and I do it for myself, and I gladly share that. So what I found out on this path, on this Christian mystical path, is that absolutely every answer I could ever think of, I have an answer, I can find the answer for. Um, and everything is very clear and everything is very direct and there, there is no there are no secrets god has no secrets from his children there is no mm. mystery here 
And uh, because of this absolute clarity, and we don't have to learn any exercises or join any groups or any clubs or, um, or an organization which has teachers and priests and so on. No, it's only the path between you and God or you and Christ uh, directly. It's a mystical path, the path within. So I liked the fact that I was not going to depend myself on another system and another formation, another uh, group or whatever. It is just something between you and God only, if it works for you. So this was the most powerful thing. Then, of course, over the years, I have also slowly, with a lot of mistakes, learned to apply the teachings and mm -hmm. various And uh, the changes which I have seen in my life have been quite phenomenal. Uh, there's a long way to go, but I, the little I've done, I just really seen this, this stuff works. This stuff is true. And I mean, it's simple stuff, which we also know from like the law of projection, that everything outside is a projection of ourselves. There are simple things like this, the law of attraction, etc. cetera. Uh, but how to navigate through this and how to, that's something where I found so much help. And that is what I express in my videos. And what I, if anybody's watching, and I mean, those who are watching are very simple, for instance, I, I like to draw out these things uh, with uh, for myself. Like, for instance, here is the law of karma. You see somebody does something bad there. And where is this now stored? In the Akashic records and then in the repository planets and how it comes back. When you see this in these very simple forms, it makes, to me, more sense than if I read it intellectually with my mind. So that's basically what I do. I sort of express what I've read. It's like when you get a stuff from IKEA when this when the when they say you have to add part one to part B. It doesn't make sense to me, but when I see how part one fits into what B, then it's very clear to me. And that's exactly what it is. I do the IKEA way, <laughs> <laughs> the IKEA way of spirituality, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is is painful, by the way. Anything, if anyone's ever built anything from IKEA, understand it's not easy and it's painful, but you can do it. <laughs> now, let me ask you, because especially in the West, we have such a need and we're bombarded with messages about finding happiness outside of us through materialism, through cons consumption, through these latest whatever gadgets and and they all have their place. You know, many of them have their place of, of tools. But this necessity that people don't figure out till too late, or maybe not even at all, is that they can spend money and spend money and spend money and have fame. And as you know, I come from Hollywood and I've worked with a lot of big movie stars <laughs> and things like that. And I've seen firsthand when you have fame, when you have money, when you have all of this stuff, it still does not even begin to fill the bucket that you're looking to fill. And only after you start to go inward is when you actually start to fill that bucket little by little. But can you give any tips to people listening on how to kind of transcend that egoic mind of needing things outside of themselves to feel happiness, to feel fulfilled, and to start looking inward? Well, you already sketched it out very nicely that I do have a video, I think it's called Fame, Power and Wealth, where I explained in great detail that um, these people often, very often, who are striving for these things, thinking that's where the happiness is, 
have got this inner hole, this vacuum in them, which the message is very, what they usually always have is, I am not enough, I am not enough, I am not enough. Mm -hmm. And that is where the negative forces, and there are negative entities around this world, uh, in, uh, which we can see, but they can really uh, manipulate us and can help us. Oh, I can give you this, etc. Really Freudian bargain, there's no question about it. Um, and they can give you this and you can have wealth and you can have fame and you can have power. But every time you reach a level, it's not enough, not enough. I mean, the richest person must be more, 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 more. It becomes more greed. And the reason is because they are totally spiritually exhausted. They have no more energy left in themselves. So they think the energy from the outside, which is money, which is power, which is wealth and fame, will fill them up and will give them the energy they need to live. But every time they have it, it's still not enough, still not enough. And uh... We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Uh, it is usually so until they finally eventually learn that the outside world simply cannot give you the stuff which you are really leading. You have to really it back to the source and the only source there is is within you and this divinity and then you can turn and get the energy from divinity you can of course rely on the energy which is borrowed to you or given loan lent to you by the negative forces but eventually you will have to give them back like in a faustian bargain eventually you have to uh, serve them but most people um, believe that the happiness, as I said, is in the outside. I, I also like to say the happiness is always a little bit short-lived for me. The happiness oh, yeah. is its just a quick joy, quick kick. I like to go with deep joy, deep joy, deep ecstasy. Right. Uh, that is our true essence. We Our essence is deep, deep joy. And the deep, deep joy does not really need happiness. Happiness is for me a bit short-lived, but it's semantics here. I understand if somebody does see it differently. And we all like to be happy and so on, but the happiness comes from freedom. When I am free, then I am happy. It's a quite amazing what, what, what freedom can do to us. And also what helps most as it's not the thing from the outside, the other thing to find, get into this more positive, maybe happy feeling, a very simple step is gratefulness. Just be grateful for whatever you have, for the computer in front of you, for your nose and your face, or whatever you can think of, because there are billions of people who don't have that. And whatever we have, be grateful for that. And the moment we focus on grateful, we cannot worry, we cannot complain, because we are totally feeling the abundance somehow. And the more we increase and uh, in our mind the items we are grateful for, the more abundance we will feel. And out of abundance is another feeling of joy. For some people, maybe happiness to come from that. So we have got very simple tools to uh, come from a negative frame of mind into a more positive ones. But as you said earlier, the my main reason why so many people strive so hard, like Hollywood for wealth, money, and so on, comes from the inner feeling that I'm lacking something. I'm not good enough. And uh, I'm not enough. Oh yes, I've like I said, I've worked with many You've actors. Met them. <laughs> oh, my friend, my oh. friend, I've met many of them. Many of them worked with many of them as well. They <sighs> they just don't understand. They just feel like there is that I'm not enough vibe. I've spoken to Oscar winners, and I've, I go, yeah. so you won an Oscar? Then what? And they're yeah. like, I, I I was lost. 
because you put this in your mind that this is the ultimate prize that once I have this, I will be happy. And you're happy for a day, maybe a week, maybe a month. But at a certain point, people, it it doesn't do anything because at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. Whereas the love of your child or your partner um, or the the energy that you get from being of service to somebody, Mm -hmm. that is so much more fulfilling and powerful Mm -hmm. than winning an Oscar. Uh, And I've, and again, because I've had that ability to speak to a lot of these, sometimes on air, sometimes off air, which the off air conversations are much more interesting, but they're not (laughs) for public view, but you start to hear the stories of, of lack and, and you'd be surprised. Imagined lack. Imagined lack. Exactly. Imagined lack in their life because they are not looking at the right, they're not focusing on the right place. It is, it, it's pretty fascinating when you, you know, let's say you go out at a certain point, all the money in the world, let's say tomorrow, you and I both have $10 million in the bank. Okay. US dollars. We're pretty much done. If you're smart with your money, we have no more worries about anything else in life. We have a house, we have our food covered, we can help our children, we can help even friends. We're covered, but yet there's people who go 10 million and need a hundred million after a hundred million and need a billion after a billion and need a hundred billion. And it just, it's a sickness almost because at a certain point, how much bigger of a box do you need to live in? Right. How much fancier do you need your, your horse and buggy to drive you around in? Like at a certain point, you just have to go, do I need a $500,000 car or will a Toyota do? <laughs> like, yeah. It, it's all perspective. It really is all perspective. People are like, well, what if you would, if you were gifted a Ferrari? Because my last name happens to be Ferrari. They're like, I would sell it and buy a Toyota. <laughs> not, Toyota's not sponsored, by the way. They're not a sponsor <laughs> of the show. Um, but it's, but you know, or buy a Honda or whatever. Just buy something that makes for me. That's I just need a car to take me from A to B. That's safe. It's comfortable. Done. That's it. So it's fascinating to people that that get so caught up in all of these, you know, and don't even get me started on clothes. Can you imagine? My 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 family walked into like this big designer store at an outlet mall the other day, and my kids walked in and they saw a purse, a purse, a little purse, eight hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> like a little a little hand purse. They go, what <laughs> is wrong with these people? This my daughters were like, that's just a purse. I go, that's called brandy. <laughs> uh, you're a man you don't understand it my wife have, would have some reasons to explain that to you <laughs> some deep spiritual reasons like i need i need the gucci see gucci was brought in by jesus and jesus was the one who created jesus. <laughs> so well this is the thing that in our society we fall so easily for all these uh, influencers which oh, now yeah. is a totally new thing and then but it um, commercials and so on the cars for advertising and so on in our capitalist society, that is something we fall for and have fallen for all the time. And partly it has helped our economy to grow, but the growth of our economy also meant the destruction of the planet. So it's a very, very sad, strange kind of situation here. We have never learned um, to be modest with our demands and our requires. It's just not part of our way of thinking. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, that's where we eventually will learn from. And we learn already because of there's climate change. There is uh, no more water in California or whatever. There is. So it's, it's there serious. Is, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it is serious because we are overconsumption. And the overconsumption is, is a form of karma coming back to us. And we all have to learn from it. And we all have to make adjustments. If we don't learn in the gentle way of letting go, we will learn the hard way of sort of uh, facing our own nonsense that we have created. But it is our society which promotes this, the idea, I am not enough. And we have to watch this very carefully. I think anybody who's watching this video maybe asks themselves, do I have it somewhere in me as well that I'm not enough? And uh, the only person, the only thing can help you is to fill that soul, uh, that that hole is divinity, is God. And when we can link with that energy, <laughs> then we are everything. And that's so important that people listening should ask that question. Do you have that question inside of you? Am I, am I not enough? But you were mm. born enough. Yeah. You oh, were born definitely. perfect. Yeah. It's all the crap that was thrown onto you from the moment you came into this world, from your parents, from your friends, from your mm -hmm. colleagues, from your community, from your religion, through television, whatever that all that programming that they could throw in is that I, I found, I, I forgot who said this, but it's very true. You spend the first seven years of your life being programmed and you spend the rest of your life trying to deprogram that programming and to try to get back closer to source because you come in as close to you as you can to source. Yeah. And then you start to like, am I not enough? Why don't I, why do that? I'm not getting the love or this is that. And then you start creating stories in your head. And then as you start to release those stories, as you start to believe those stories, then becomes dogma in your mind. And I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. Whereas if you deprogram yourself to understand the truth, then life becomes, like you said, you're more free in life. It's all the programs which we have adopted from our environment to, we have to question each one and just let go of it if it doesn't suit us anymore. And that is, I think, our task. That's freedom. I come always back. The main purpose is for us to become free again, which includes questioning all the value systems, the programs, the religions we grew up in it. And I'm not saying they're all bad. It's just only find out whether they still are right for you at this moment. Now, there's something you've spoken about uh, before, and I really think it's an important topic to, to kind of tackle here, is grieving and holding on too tightly to souls that have left or transitioned and how you properly grieve, let go and move on from a death in the family or a trend, you know, any, any kind of thing and the dangers of not letting go and holding on and holding on. Can you talk a little bit about that? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Yeah, it's we have got this idea that this is only the only life we have here on Earth. And therefore, if somebody dies, then of course, he is no longer part of life. He is no longer existing. Or if he's existing, we don't know what happened to him. So how could he be happier than we are here? Truth is that none of us are really happy either. But that's another thing. <laughs> so we have great problems understanding that the other person who has died is having a life on his or her own at the moment, which means a progression of his education, of his development, evolution. Um, then, uh, so this stops us and thinks they should be with us, they should be here, they would be better off if they're with me, 
truth is if they're better longer staying long they would could burden themselves more here on earth as well it's not necessarily it's better for somebody to stay very long long life does not necessarily mean we have made a successful life because we could have created more karma in a long life so everybody dies exactly on time as Byron Katie always says there isn't there are no mistakes uh, although I must say we do have still the free will, we can kill ourselves earlier, and there are some chem some some kind of uh, procedures, medical procedures, which can extend our life unnecessary as well. But everybody basically dies right on time when the time is up. Now, a soul that leaves is a soul, uh, eternal spirit, so it goes back to the spiritual realm where it continues its progress of returning back home. But if we, through our excessive mourning, hold on to that soul, oh, he shouldn't have left, how can you leave me alone, etc., then that soul feels everything that we feel, if it was a close soul, like a family member or a loved one, a spouse, they feel that very strongly in them. They are extremely burdened by the mourning, grieving that we are having, the excessive mourning of grieving. I'm come to the point that there's a certain amount is necessary. But the excessive is something which holds the soul back. Now, grieving and mourning, if somebody suddenly dies, is a natural occurrence because it's like somebody shoves up my arm. I have to firstly adjust to this. It's a time of adjustment. So I would be pretty pissed. <laughs> uh, yes. and this is really bad. So yes. But after a while, it says, okay, there's no other way. I have to live without my arm. That's, uh, that's just part of the life. So grieving and mourning are not bad in itself. They are a healing period and they are necessary. But the excessiveness is becomes then selfishness because we are only crying about ourselves. We do not, 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 not ever cry about the other soul because we none of us knows what happens to them. Most likely they are doing much fine, better off, particularly when they were sick. They no longer have the sickness now. Um, so they are better off, but we are crying and feeling sorry for ourselves. It's a totally self-indulgent process if it goes on too long. And this is where the danger is, and that's why I make this video on mourning and grieving, that we are holding back the souls on the other side, and they cannot progress, and they feel so sorry. Now, I also am taught I'm on my spiritual path, mystical path uh, advice, not to try to communicate with the soul that has departed. Now, I know a lot of other people believe otherwise, and that's fine. But the reason is because some of these souls are not maybe necessarily strong or not focused, and they can start attaching themselves to us. And for this reason, the only way what I would like to suggest is to go to Christ or to God and let the, him or her speak on our behalf to that soul. Let the God or Christ come between you and the soul which have departed so that there is no more direct contact possible. Ask Christ to convey your love to that person, whatever you wish to say, still have to do, and let that pass it on to trust that energy to do that on your behalf. That will protect you and also make sure that the message which you have for that soul will be passed on to that soul. So these are the little things I like to imagine. And there's another reason why we have very often, why people have excessive mourning, is because they think they have not verbalized, I love you, to the person who has died. This is right. what Dr. Kubler-Ross taught me. And that's why I made my book, I Will Always Love You, <laughs> which is a bestseller. But um, it is basically that message. If people feel they haven't said this, they are the married couple who never say I love you, but suddenly he dies and they hated each other. They were fighting and suddenly he becomes a saint because the widow says, oh, he was right. such a wonderful person. True that she never said I love you. 
But you can still say that in your mind, but the person is dead, you can say it via Christ and say, look, I want him to know I love him and so on. And of course, it's also very difficult. And I get many, many correspondence in the last few years, increasingly from parents whose children have committed suicide. So that is a very, very tough, uh, tough subject. And I can understand that because they are not prepared for it. And uh, when an elderly person dies, we says, all right, one a day, they will go. But a young person totally committed suicide. There's so much guilt in it as well, etc. There are so many emotions involved in this one. So we do have this very difficult situation. And I fully understand that grieving or trying to find a way to deal with the situation is, is very, very difficult. But we do have our comforter in us. We are None of us is alone. This is Kipke saying we do not have to walk this path alone. We have Christ in us or God. We can communicate if we cannot have that, if we do not have that relationship, maybe it's time to consider to develop that relationship to divinity because sooner or later, everybody will have to. So, so far, our ego may have says, oh, I don't need this God stuff or Christ stuff. So leave it for my aunt. She believes in all that stuff. I don't do that. Fine. But eventually, you will have to become and return back to love. And I always believe the best, the parable Christ always taught is the prodigal son, where the son leaves the wealthy father, give me my inheritance, I go into the world, he goes into the world, squanders it or creates karma, until he sleeps with the swines and so to survive, and then he remembers that the servants in his father's home live better than he lives now. And he says, I will go home and just asked if to be a servant in my father's home again. And of course, when he returns, father's happy, embrace him, has a big feast. That is a story of our life. Eventually, we have to accept the energy of the father, I'm not saying the human father, of somebody who is greater than ourselves. And that energy is with us all the time, wanting us to return home. That energy gives us all the help we ever will need. All of us is to, for us to do is to turn within and ask that help to show us. Um, I remember one of the most powerful things I ever had when I had a, when, when I was young and had one of these broken relationships and I was devastated and so on. You know that this crazy puppy love. I mean, today I laugh about it. Says. But then again, I was young. I was stupid. I'm still stupid, but not young. But uh, in, <laughs> at that time, um, I, I just was devastated. And I just... I was uh, so I was crying in bed and so on. And then suddenly the, the words I remember says from the our father says, Thy will be done. And I said these words in the crying tears, Thy will be done. I, all right, you know better, you I leave it to you. And that instant I said this, there was a wave of energy that came through me. It's just like they have been waiting for this for me to realize that. And I was so healed in that instant that I couldn't believe the sudden change in an instant when you suddenly says, thy will be done. The totally surrender to an energy that knows more about my life than I ever will do and knows far more better what is good for me. And this surrender is, 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 is so powerful. And that's why I say, if you haven't developed the uh, intense uh, the relationship to divinity, maybe look into it. It really may come a time and time may get more tougher on this planet that when you need it, and the sooner you start with it, the sooner the better. You said something that was really interesting, and I've never heard anyone talk about this before. You said that the soul continues its evolution even on the other side. 
uh, that here it's an ex it's accelerated course, if you will, to, to learn. But on the other side, there is still learning, but it is a slower process. Can you dig into that a little bit? Because I've never heard of that concept. I just, I've always wondered what happens to the souls once, once to souls when they're on the other side. Are there, is there a bar they all go to and drink and talk about their lives? Are they watching movies? Are they watching us? Because we're entertaining as hell. <laughs> I mean, what happens on the other side? I mean, oh. I've, I've heard a little bit in the in the in the near death experiences, I've heard a couple of them state about, you know, like a school esque kind of environment and different rooms that they can go into. I'd love to hear what you've learned in your travels. All of the above. <laughs> <But> <laughs> there are bars. There are movies. There uh, are music. <laughs> yes, there are because they're on, on on our planet Earth. There are a lot of what we call earthbound souls. And there are probably as many, as 8 billion earthbound souls as a human being. They are running around us. Souls that have not been able to move on into higher spheres, who believe that life on earth is all there is, very strong. These souls are amongst us and they influence us. And if they do have drugs, the, the, uh, illness, uh, drug desires or whatever it is, they can influence us and they can live through us. I've got a video on called Spirit Possession. Spirit Possession is such an um, uh, powerful and existing situation at the moment. Most people are not even aware of it. So much suicides come also from spirit position and a lot of other things. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So we do have souls who have died and are bound, earthbound. They have not moved on because they are not educated enough, their, their vibration is too low, they're, they think this is it, and they also are attached to their vices. And the only way to live the vices is for they need a physical body. Since they no longer have a physical body, they use the physical body of you and me and make me this, oh, I need a drink. And then they, I go to a drink and have a drink and so on. And they use that energy, they actually attach themselves to the neck, and they use us to enjoy the drink, the alcohol. So that we are manipulated by the spirit being. But that is a minority. It's not the majority. The majority moves on into the higher spheres. And we have got, in my video, I explained it, I mainly seven layers of spiritual layers. The lowest form is material. Material is nothing else than vi uh, vibration. There's nothing else. I mean, we're only talking about vibration. The highest life form, uh, divine love, is vibration. The lowest form, earth, matter, is also nothing else than vibration. There's nothing. We're only speaking about vibration. So they are then, under, depending on how their vibration of the soul is, it's like attracts like, they are coming to do the various levels that correspond to their kind of energy. So that's where they uh, are basically will uh, will move to once 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 they have died here in the physical death, and they are surrounded by like-minded souls, and the stronger our belief system is, the stronger the souls are of similar beliefs. Like for instance, if I'm a very strong believer in Muslim and so on, a terrorism, then I'm moved immediately to that kind of people. Uh, who are similar way. If I believe a very capitalist lifetime and only money, money, that could be that I moved to capitalist. If I live, believe another religion, if uh, whatever I, my strongest belief is, that that usually determines very much where I will land up amongst what type of souls I will be with at the time. And there, 
education continues, the growth continues. The causal computer, which always brings us back the karma, which we have put in, will continue bringing me back the karma. There I will endure the pain and suffering as well as what I would do here on earth, but it will take much longer. So eventually the idea is then eventually turn back to source energy to God in the absolute reality, but not giving up our identity as a soul or as a spirit being. We are, do not dissolve into the stream of God like Eastern teaching is, where we just sort of suddenly become nobody or become all or start all over again. No, we are eternal being. We are created eternally and we return back to our angelic state. That was very long, was it? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's perfect. No, it's 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 a really that's a really interesting way. It's like so depending on so when Jesus passed or Buddha passed, they were at a a very high vibration as as masters, as walking masters. So they went up to a higher vibration. And I from what I understand from my teachings, there are even higher vibrations to where Christ consciousness was when he first evolved. And there's higher levels and there's levels that we don't even understand yet because we're not evolved to that level yet. And there were all, but, but the Christ consciousness was much higher than anybody else hanging around here on this earth plane. And he slowly has been helping us among other masters who've come back to help to try to lift the vibration of the entire planet, which is kind of what I understand is happening. Now the awakening is happening where conversations like this are becoming more mainstream and people are searching for these conversations, as opposed to in the Middle Ages, that we would have both been burned at the stake. Yeah, I, there is a definitely an awakening happening place. There's no question about it. Um, but there's also a, a lot of uh, karma now coming back in, in a big, massive way. Um, sure. Everything comes now onto the table because it's a time to clean up. And and uh, as tough as it may look, but it's something we should uh, embrace and do our best we can. But we have always these teachings which are given to us all the time. And what else is there? It's all in us. This is the thing. It's not really outside of us. It's all in us. And if we learn to be calm and quiet, as you said earlier with meditation, uh, whatever we need to know right now is given to us. We are Every day we, it's different to us. We have got different challenges every day. But if we go within, we find guidance of how to deal with every challenge we have. We are never alone and we are always guided and helped. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions I ask all my guests. Mm -hmm. How do you define, what is your definition of living a good life? A good life is aiming for freedom. That's for me, to become free of everything, of everything that binds me to this planet Earth in a negative way. I mean, this is sort of, it doesn't mean to be free of my beloved one because well, love is not uh, is, is not binding. It's a linking, it's different. But anything that binds me, my habits, my, my belief patterns, whatever it is, what binds me to this planet, get free, freedom. So the answer is to become free again. How do you define God? God is the all love, the all powerful God spirit. It has many, many names in my video on the uh, everything is energy. Um, we, because our human vocabulary is rather limited, to find a real word for God is limited. But we have got different names. We have got Holy Spirit. We have got a divinity. We have got uh, the ether power, the life, life force. Many, many words for it. That is for me what a God is. This is basically where we come from, which we are made of, and where we return to. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? The ultimate purpose of life is perpetual evolution. 
not only ourselves, but the whole creation is continuously create, evolving, evolving, evolving. So we are part of this evolvement once we are back and uh, the whole absolute reality is continuously evolving and uh, and getting bigger and bigger and we are part of this we are part of this very exciting process of see having uh, go returning back to creation where more planets and everything is continuously created and it continuously grows and it continuously more uh, growing awareness growing intelligence growing consciousness so that is very exciting and hans where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing well, I've got my website, lifeexplained.com, or you can also find me on hanswilhelm.com, and of course on the YouTube channel, if you punch in my name, it should come up uh, if anybody wants to. And do you have any parting words for our audience? Parting words, always remember gratefulness, gratefulness, gratefulness. When you switch off this program right now, close your eyes, think of 10 things of your grateful for, grateful for, grateful for. Not only because of your partners, because you have them. Find three or five reasons why your partner is so important or the person in your life or the dog in your life is so wonderful. It, and find five reasons why they are so wonderful, not just add them as one item. Be grateful and see how much different you will feel after that very simple exercise. Hans, thank you so much for this beautiful, beautiful conversation. And I hope it helps people listening around the world. My friend, thank you so much for not only coming on and sharing your knowledge uh, and your wisdom with us, but also for the work that you're doing in the world, my friend. I appreciate you. Thanks so much, Alex. It was a great, great honor and pleasure to be with you. Keep well. I want to thank Hans so much for coming on the show and sharing his knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 246. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.